On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discuss the IOC and the decision to postpone the Olympics. Uh, we discuss the NBA and the Chinese Basketball Association and their decision to kind of postpone and how that kind of parallels with the NBA. And we also discuss the NFL, the draft, and Cam Newton. So make sure you tune in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today is March 25th. We're still dealing with this crazy, this COVID-19. Got everybody, uh, you know, feeling some sort of way. Social distancing and the cancellation of sports and, you know, all this good stuff. So, you know, it's nice that we can come together once a week and kind of talk about what little sports there is out there. <laughs> uh, so that's why we're here, you know, at least crack a few jokes and spread some some good cheer when things don't seem to be all too great in the world, you know, but we can all say that we have our health and, you know, our families are doing well. So without further ado, Earl, Al is out there with a little bit of te- technical difficulty, but he should be joining us shortly. So what's good, man? How how are things? How's the last week? Now, you know, we all taking it day by day as everybody is. Um, you know, just trying to uh, make it through all the craziness and the nuttiness that is going on. Um, so for the most part, you know, just you know, just trying to um, maintain and you know, just wish for this stuff to be over. And at the same time, listening to um, DJ D Nice with his um, Instagram couch party, which um, he's doing some good music. I mean, kind of got on the background listening. I mean, he has like over like what 46,000 people attending, so <laughs> um, he's shutting down, he, he's shutting down the grand right about now. I, I've heard he was uh, he was spinning the music quite right, <laughs> not playing the same song twice. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that's changed at this point. <laughs> well, he must got a pretty darn large catalog. So, I mean. <laughs> He's got every song known to man. <laughs> the, the question is, does he play his own music? <laughs> he had a few. He, he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Self-destruction. They call me be nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't just play your own. You can't play a bunch of list of top hits and not include yourself in that arsenal. I, that would just be downright. Got to play some BDP, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard there's uh, quite a few uh, celebs that kind of peeked their heads in there. Yes. I heard the Obamas showed some love there for a minute. Even Biden. Yes. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Bernie was like, I got I to gotta get some of this Negro action. You're <laughs> 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 not doing very well in the polls with the Negroes. So, so you know, he. You got to show face. <laughs> well, hey. I'm not even going to front. This is probably one of the largest turnouts for an event with <laughs> social online that I ever witnessed. Yeah, man. He is. He's, he's doing his thing. So, retrospect, 47.8 thousand people at this point. And I'm not trying to get free press, but hey, I mean, music is pretty good. I've been listening to it from periodically from about 6.30, so. Well, I mean, hell. Bigger question is, once everything goes back to normal, can he pull those type of numbers if he actually promoted the party? <laughs> uh, he was actually doing shows down in Atlantic City at, at um at some of the casinos. Oh, really? Yeah. So trust me, this is going to make sure his first party, when it's all said and done, is probably going to be like wall to wall. Without question. Without question. He's going to be there. He's going huh? to be there broadcasting live. <laughs> I think he holds the, he has to be holding a record for the, the the biggest like what's the you know how like them day parties are with the headphones and you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be one of the biggest because everybody virtually probably have their headphones bopping to the music. Somebody was somebody in fact I know we, we, we're talking about music and everything, but in fact, um somebody was like what they did was they ended up 
they turned that, I mean, because the, the family and stuff was there, they turned it into like an actual club with just the family. They, um, I think they aircasted or somehow broadcasted on the TV, had the dancing lights and everything. They had footage of it. I was like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I mean, you got to do something at this stage. You, yeah, you, know. you gotta make, you gotta, you gotta do something to keep smiling on people's faces. Man. Exactly, exactly. You know, being cooped up in the crib all day, every day. I know it could be waiting on people's nerves, especially those who have kids. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit there and speak on, you know, have you guys speak on your experiences, but I've heard some other experiences, and uh, you can't take the kids outside like you want to to let them burn off steam. So what you gonna do? <laughs> I say wrestle them. It's <laughs> hmm. a Roman Greco wrestling. <laughs> I don't think that can that can work because then they'll be asking for it all every day. And I'm not ready for that right now. I got work to do. Got too much too much stuff on my hands. Be trying to wrestle with kids, and then they'll think they'd be big enough to handle me for real. And then I gotta really shut them down. So no. But on that no. note, let's get to some sports. <laughs> exactly. But well, that is sports when you talk about wrestling. <laughs> Olympic style. Olympic style. <laughs> Speaking of the Olympics. <laughs> right. Not, right. <laughs> Speaking of the Olympics, nice segue. The IOC finally came out and succumbed to pressure and postponed the Summer Olympics in Japan to 2021. I don't know what the hell took them so long. <laughs> Especially with, you know, how this outbreak is this pretty much damned everywhere. Um, so I guess... Any thoughts, reactions uh, outside of just the IOC just dragging their feet, hoping that they can? I don't know if it's more so the IOC or it's more so uh, the Prime Minister of Japan, because you know the, the the lost revenue with everything that they built and not being able to get that revenue to come into their country to get that money back. I'm sure that was part of the reason. But what do you guys take? Uh, I mean. You said it right. I mean, they were trying to hold out to the last possible minute, being how that the Olympics were in July. Um, initially, when everything was coming out, you were kind of hoping that maybe this stuff can kind of be contained. Maybe it's not as serious as a lot of the experts were saying that it was. So I can get it from their vantage point. I mean, hey, look at Major League Baseball. They haven't canceled the season. They're still holding out hope that they can get it started in a couple of weeks. Basketball is still trying to work work its way into trying to at least get a partial of the season back and run the playoffs. I mean, NFL still wants to hold the draft. I mean, um, so, I mean, they're not really going to be in jeopardy of having anything lost until you get into, like, you know, late summer, you know. So, but with the Olympics, I mean, you had too many, you know, countries that are dealing with this crisis. Too many people were very leery about going over there. Um the situation has not really been contained or even, you know, the numbers haven't gone down, you know, globally. So I think it was the right decision. I can understand why there's some trep trepidation from the IOC to want to, you know, hold it off. But like you said, I mean, Japan, you know, the money that they're going to lose out, I heard is somewhere between 2.7 um, billion as far as generated revenue, you know, in the country. Um, and so I can understand from their vantage point why they also might have been too reluctant, but there was too much pressure coming from other countries saying that they were concerned. Canada saying they weren't going to send anybody. The U.S. hadn't said they weren't, but I think there were some people out there that was very concerned about sending anybody. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it was the decision that was probably the best at the end of the day, but a lot of the athletes who train all these years get up to this point and are ready to go. I mean, now... What happens now? These Olympic trials people are in. What happens if you run into next year? Um, are you still guaranteed your spot? Um, do you have to rerun these Olympic trials again? The people that made it, they could lose out because whatever injuries happens, I don't know. So it's a lot of variables um, that's in it. But I think at the end of the day, they only made the decision that was best for them to make at, at that point. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I really believe that, I mean, it was the right decision, hands down. Um, all these athletes were saying the fact that, you know, with all this is going on right now, they don't have the proper time to train, um, which in terms is, I think that the athletes were pulling, 
um, they were saying basically bottom line and they weren't prepared for it. Um, and rightfully so, because I don't think none of the countries had that proper adequate amount of time to train the way that they wanted to train. So it was the best decision all around, not just for the athletes, but for the country standpoint as well. Until this blows over, um, there was just going to be a sense of it's so much risk there. Um, there's no fans. It's probably not going to be in attendance if they were to have it um, because of everything being the way that it is. And everybody would be leery. So it was the right decision to postpone and hold off on it. But I agree with you, Smooth. I, 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 there's so many variables for next year. Um, people that couldn't play or couldn't attend or couldn't participate in the Olympics because of injuries or something like that will be fully healthy next year. So what does that in term, does that, you know, how would that play out? Do they have to reevaluate everybody again or have them try out before making a full decision again? Um, I'm very interested to see how next year plays out, how they're going to handle it. Because me personally, I believe that whoever made it this year should be the team to go forth, um, despite whoever comes out of injury. But that's not my decision. I believe that that would be up to the Olympic Committee. Um, so I think that they have a lot that they have to work on and they have to make a lot of decisions. So hopefully they'll be prepared by next year around so that they have an idea of how they're going to handle it and what team is going to be representing um, whatever country um, for the Olympics. Mm. I agree with both of you. Um, but I also think the caveat should be, well, if it ain't till 2021, and I don't think any of the trials, the, uh, the qualifying trials took place as of yet, because I think it would have been coming up in March, April, May, somewhere around there with track and field to send the, the best qualifiers over. So, I mean, yeah, they had Pan Am games and yeah, they had different other little games that lead up to, to the Olympics. I think they're going to still have to go through the Olympic trials again. And those who were, like you said, Al, that were hurt will have that opportunity to run it back come next this time next year and possibly take a spot to somebody who might have very well be going to the Olympics this year. So um, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, I know it put the IOC in a very difficult spot, but bottom line was it was the best decision to make. Just not for the sake of, you know, having the Olympics being being played and everybody participating, you know, it's just a more of a, a concern for the for the world, not even so much for the concern of uh, those individuals uh, for the IOC sake and the Olympics sake, just because the only other times the Olympics haven't been done or haven't been uh, haven't been run, I should say, is due to war or that one other instance where um, it didn't take place. But smart decision, you know, and I don't think it'll knock off the schedule as far as the, Olymp the Winter Olympics is concerned in 2022. So thankfully it's two different two different genres of sports so it just means that the world will be blessed with the olympics being back to back you know almost gives you that that feeling of when the olympics used to be run the winter and the summer would be running the same four-year cycle i kind of miss that you know but i understand why they broke it up just to so that it uh you know. Wait, so quick question. Do you think that because of the delay for the summer, you think that they're going to delay the winter for another? You don't nah. think so? No, nah. because nah, they have sports. Yeah, they, they run it every two years. Like, two years. So if the Summer Olympics were to go this year as scheduled, the Winter Olympics wouldn't, go, wouldn't be until 2022. So as of right now, the Winter Olympics are still going to go on as, as, um, as planned. Yeah. So, well, I guess the only, the only knock, I, and I guess, you know, like I used to have a coworker, uh, work with her two different stints in my professional career. And her and her husband are avid Olympic goers. So they go to every Olympics. Um, well, with the Olympics now being pushed to 2021, will they have the time and the money because you know a lot of people save up for this sort of thing I'm, I'm assuming they probably will bank the money that they have that they would be spending in, the, in japan this coming summer and kind of save it that's my assumption for 2021 and still plan to do the olympic uh 
vacation for the Winter Olympics, but I'm not sure how they'll go about it. So I guess that's the only concern would be uh, patrons who want to, you know, who are avid goers to the Olympics every two years. How would it affect them financially being that it's back to back for two years as opposed to being spread out every two years? So I guess that would be the only concern that Japan faces and whoever is hosting the Winter Olympics in 2022. Yeah, I think it's all really un- uncharted territories at this particular point. I mean, you would assume that at this that airlines you might be able to refund or recoup your monies if you had any money slotted away, maybe put it to the side mm-hmm. for next year. And then, I mean, I guess if you have it now, I mean, hopefully you can get some monies back from airline flights or whatever, and just banking it to the following year. I mean, doesn't really have to do anything as far as from what I can see change any arrangements that you might have going in 2022. It just means that you're not going now, you're going another year, but your money's already been, you know, allocated. But but I think, but as far as some of the other sports, like um, I think basketball, I think it benefits them a lot because, I mean, there were some players that were iffy um, about playing. I know Clay Thompson said he wanted to try, but I mean, now he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, Stephen Curry, you know, his hand was injured. He said that he was going to – he wanted to play in the Olympics. Now he's going to get a lot more rest. Kevin Durant wasn't probably going to play, even though he had floated that he might. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those guys, I mean, you give them another additional year of, you know, rest. Um, I mean, they'll play next year the NBA whenever they start it up again. But it might not be any concern coming into 2021. Those guys would be ready to play, barring any injuries. The only person that might be a question mark is um, LeBron James, but I think if he's still playing at a pretty high level going into next year, then he's probably going to want to have that makeup because we missed it this year. And I wouldn't be obviously surprised if that be his last Olympics, like his swan song as far as that is concerned. Right. But, but, and, but then my thing is with that is that because like you said, stay, I mean, Steph, Clay, Kevin, um, those are three spots that eventually somebody, some three players is going to have to give up. Um, people that may be fillers um, may not have that opportunity like they would have this year. Um, and I'm not, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not always, I'm just the person that always like to root for the underdog. So um, it's unfortunate, but at this stage, I just have a feeling that that's where the argument is going to be in, in that guard. Like, Someone who should have a roster spot, but now got it taken away because Stephen and Clay are healthy now, so they got to give up that spot. It's gonna, it's gonna look bad. I mean, I know that superstars, you know, take relevance, but I mean, you know, they're they're relevant now. But it's just that it's gonna look bad as far as players that want to play for the Olympics and don't have the opportunity that may have had the opportunity but won't have it come next year because players are healthy. True. Yeah, but you know, who's to say that the Stephs and Clay will be healthy come next year? You know, the fickle thing about sports, and you never know what's going to happen. Somebody can, you know, unfortunately take a a nasty tumble and season's over. So true. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, I guess we'll all find out in the next coming days and weeks how this is all going to play out. But like you said earlier, Ace, you know, there weren't. The, the Olympic trials for a lot of the sports is probably getting ready to start going on now. Okay. I mean, basketball, as far as um, the trials for that, probably wouldn't have necessarily started till after, you know, after the finals was over, um, leading up to there. You have, like, the NBA, the, U- the, um, the USA camp for basketball players. So, I mean, the spots were still in flux. But, you know, we'll see how this all plays out come next year. Right, right. Well, now the just the athletes that were training can take a chill pill. I think Lolo said she was about to order herself a pizza when she was talking about ESPN yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, she about to go chill and uh, chill and relax and get an eat on. <laughs> so you know, those guys, I'm sure they know how to prepare themselves for uh, taking a little break and then getting themselves back, you know, right back to where they need to be mentally so they can get started. So, with that being said. Interestingly enough, before we touch on the NFL, um, 
the the CBL or the Chinese basketball, or sorry, the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association. I uh, was thinking about starting their season back up here in the next week or two, but I believe they push their start back time to sometime in April. Um, and I know we sat there briefly. I don't know. We said it off off air where sports were sitting there trying to decide when they want to start versus when they be, you know, start the season versus when they want to start the season back up. And I'm wondering if the NBA is kind of looking at the, at the Chinese basketball association and kind of keeping a, a keen eye on how they're managing their social distancing. And I wonder, will the NBA kind of follow their model? as far as when they believe they'll start back up, you know, because China, you know, they're not out of the weeds, but they're coming down off their plateau with how the cases were being reported and, you know, things are starting to slow down there. And I know they don't want to sit there and just rush to get some sports back up, you know, and then come to find out, even though they don't have any patrons there in the arenas to watch that their players and their, their staffs and such, still might be able to contract things this plane amongst themselves. Um, so I don't know if this is more so a question or just me just kind of just spitting it out there, but um, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle their upcoming, you know, the resuming their season and how they're going to handle it, knowing that their plateau is going down and how that's going to affect the NBA and how their planning is going forward. I don't know if you guys have any comments or if you even heard anything about this. Again, this is me just spending way too much time in the basement, working, having ESPN on in the background. I just hear a lot of a lot of crap in my head, so you know, I figured I'd just shoot it out there. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess for them, I mean, they're in the you know, China's a whole different animal over there, and you know, the, the virus hit them or was spreading there much earlier than it was here. Um, so the last thing I've heard, there were not any more. They said there were not any new cases reported, you know, however, that's not to say that, you know, like you said, they're not out the weeds. So, I mean, China's going to do what they want to do. I think as far as basketball over here, they're probably going to wait and see once no new cases are, are, you know, are confirmed or they're probably going to wait and see once the soonest they can get out there. They're trying to run it right now. I mean, you hear Mark Cuban making comments about, you know, wanting to try to get basketball out there as soon as they can health-wise as long as they're able to do so but um i don't know it's different over there than it is here uh like i said i would not be surprised totally if basketball is done you think so wouldn't shock me i mean i think they're going to still try to do something i mean but like i said if they said basketball was done, you know, for the year, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I um, I could see the NBA following the CBA model, but at the end of the day, I can't really trust any of the owners because their purpose is to get that money. And mm-hmm. you have to understand that, you know, of course they're going to want – and Mark Cuban, I, I get it, but from a business side of things, if he's not generating money, it's not helping him. So – I can see owners wanting to get back the NBA games back going as quickly as possible. Problem is, is that I just don't see it happening anytime soon. And I mean, as much as people can say that it's going, going to eventually going to go back to norm, um, the way things are right now, I just don't see it. Um, CBA, like you said, is a lot earlier <clears throat> than us having it. So it's going to be interesting to see. I could see an April for them if there were no more cases. But if there's some more cases, then, of course, that goes downhill. So um, this is all just monitoring right now at this stage. And um, they're just monitoring because they're monitoring China because um, they believe since they had it first, they'll probably be the first um, country to, to show signs of no more of the virus. Um, so... I can see them monitoring it and then have at least have a a, a a glimpse of when they could or or probably could start the season and probably could not start the season. So um, this is just a monitoring phase for them, and we'll see how it goes with the CBA if they're actually going to start in April or if it's going to continue on and postpone it until 
you know, another month or May or June. So. Well, as much as everybody would like to have some sports to watch and keep themselves preoccupied with, all, you know, keep themselves occupied with something other than just tuning into the, the weekly briefings from the White House and such and all the gloomsday type of uh, situations that you're hearing. You know, it's nice to have some sports out there. But I applaud the sports networks uh, coming up there and just putting on, you know, content. Anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, just trying to keep your minds occupied. You know, like uh, Fox Sports is playing some old Big 12 football. Uh, ESPN is airing 30 for 30 specials and and doing all that great stuff. You know, all the different channels of ESPN is just airing some stuff just so that folks can feed their fix. Um, which kind of leads me into the whole NFL and their continuance to have their draft still April 23rd through the 25th, I believe, in, in Vegas without the fans. Not 100% sure how they'll go about conducting the draft. <laughs> um, but with technology nowadays, you know, there, there are ways that they can do it. You know, maybe there's enough hotels on the strip where each, each NFL team can have a hotel and a conference room, you know, for themselves and kind of broadcast uh, the, the draft live. I heard Adam Schefter say something that was kind of kind of crazy, which is crazy enough to work if the NFL is smart. Not sure if you guys heard this, but Adam Schefter said if the NFL was smart, they'll broadcast around every night. And instead of making it a three-day affair, they get a seven-day affair. That way, teams don't necessarily have to have a clock, so to speak, you know, to 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 draft their player, but make it so that they don't have to feel rushed and and have it so that um, due to the circumstance that teams will have their time to sit there and, and do what they need to do as far as picking the best available person that they need. So with that being said, I'm curious to know what you guys thought about that. Do you think it's overkill? Um, or do you think that kind of makes sense? I don't even know how that even makes sense. The draft inherently is boring as it is now, so you want to stretch out one boring round to seven days of boringness? No. <laughs> well, it's not boring to everybody. How they get around this, what they did was that, well, to answer your very first question, I think they're just going to go back how they used to do it back in the day. And it really wasn't televised. You didn't have a whole lot of people in the room. You just called up that person's representative about who you wanted to draft and, and call it that way. So I've been hearing some stuff about um, since they can't necessarily be at their facilities, maybe they rent out hotels, didn't necessarily have to even be in Las Vegas, but they can be at hotels in their respective areas and do it that way. But you can easily do it without having any I mean, people there. I mean, when you think about it, the first, what, two rounds is really when you see the people walk up and shake their hands. And outside of that, once you get to, like, round four, five, six, and seven, they're really just running off the names, not a whole lot of people, you know, coming up there. So you're basically just going to just do it pre all of the extra stuff that they, you know, have with the NFL draft now. Um, but to me, I mean, they take forever in a day to do one round on, on a Thursday. You mean to tell me you want to stretch out that forever in a day for seven days? I mean, for the diehard NFL fans like yourself and other people, Ace, yeah, but for the casual fans that might want to come in just for that first day, that attention span won't last past the first two rounds, in my opinion. But with circumstances the way it is currently right now, where people are starved for any sort of sport, I think – just for this situation, I think it just might work. Just think about not, it. Not me. I'd rather watch um, a couple of old fights. I mean, I'll pay attention the first day to see who my Giants pick. Outside of that, I can just check my phone on the internet. If they 
which they have been showing some old fights. I was able to see the Wilder and um, Tyson Fury's first three rounds. I prefer to watch that than to watch Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of the draft when you're getting down to the fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh round. The people who, A, I didn't even heard of. So you'll get the first two days when people know the names. But I'm talking about, like, the casual fans. I mean, the NFL diehards, they're going to watch it all. But the people who the NFL want to get, the, you know, the casual fans to pay attention so they can get the advertising dollars, that attention span won't last past the second day. Um, I don't know, Smooth. Uh, I may have to be in agreement with, with Ace um, on this one. To be honest, no, I, I, I say this. Um, now, if anything, would be a perfect opportunity to test and see if they can, if this will work or not. I mean, out of everything that's going on where sports is not being played live, I think that this would be a good opportunity to test and see how valuable the draft is to the average viewer. I think that once they see the numbers, and like you said, it could be that the first couple of days, um, it would be the numbers would be right where it should be, and it could tail off come day three. But I think they need to see those numbers to see exactly what they can do to make those changes in the NFL draft to keep the viewers going past the first two rounds. I think that maybe that'll be something that they could take and look at it and say, hey, look, maybe this is something that we can work on and build upon so that we can keep the interest of uh, a fan like yourself smooth in regards to just the first couple of rounds and you know, be to be at least more viewable to be where Ace is, who will watch it from day one all the way to the end of the round. Oh, so I, I can't say I'll sit there and watch it every day. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but <laughs> this, what I'm saying is, is that it'll be enough to keep their interest for for the first. I mean, if they split it for each each round of day, um, maybe they'll see the numbers and say, okay, um, the first two rounds is is given, but. Maybe we need to do something to take care of rounds three to so on and so on to round seven. So maybe that'll be the numbers, the right time to look at those numbers and say, if anything, this would be their time to do it. So I'm not saying that I agree with the, the, the preference. I say that if they do it, now would be the time to do it instead of waiting to when this, when till sports come back into play. If they do it, they better, they better think of something good because – the, the reason why I'm prefacing that comment is, is this. When they had the NFL draft in Philadelphia, they had the whole NFL experience. So you had all your diehard fans, Eagles fans, and everybody else that was right up there by the stadium watching the thing go around. Then you had, like, the casual fans that was there checking out the experience. When they started the draft, everybody was paying attention. Once the Eagles made their pick, and I think their pick was, like, number – I think they were, like, a late – I think, like, 15th or 16th. They did the pick, everybody screamed, and right after that, 90% of the people made a beeline <laughs> out of that park before the first round was even done, out of there. So I, I, I get what you're saying, Ace. Maybe this is a fix for some people to watch in sports, but unless they can do something that really keep people's attention to it, um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, you got the first two or three rounds of people that you know. After that, it's going to be a lot of people that you don't know. Well, I agree with that. I mean, there's always that. Yeah, I mean, that after the third or fourth round, it's just like a, a, a who's who of who. <laughs> 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 unless, you, unless you are a diehard of that particular college and you're kind of curious about who you're – star wide receiver might get picked up in the sixth round or something like that, or you're curious about what Rutgers star might get picked up in the later rounds. Yeah, the, the draft after that point is nothing. But it really gives the NFL the opportunity. And even the NBA, because, I mean, the, the NBA draft will be sometime during the summer as well. And it'll give the NFL will serve as the blueprint. Yeah, well, the NBA is different because they only had the two draft, the two rounds. But it'll serve as the blueprint of how they're going to use technology, as opposed to having the big hoopla of, you know, the the fan experience and having all those people being big, especially with it being in Vegas. It's a it's a real lost opportunity, especially with the Raiders 
kicking off their first year in Vegas. I know this is the last thing that the NFL really didn't want to happen, but <laughs> as far as from a, from a, you know, this standpoint, of course, of course. you know, but now you start to see how digital savvy is the NFL. How's di- how digital savvy is the NBA and MLB because these sorts of things with all the technology that's going on and how the internet it's and all this type of stuff, it, I don't think the draft can be, the draft could be salvageable. I think the draft can actually be somewhat enjoyable. You know, if you have the proper bandwidth with the internet and teams figure out if the NFL will at least let NFL use their war rooms and their, in their facilities or do they feel as though they want them there in Vegas or how they'll kind of go about it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of go and put their minds together because I heard some GMs are really like, you know, maybe we should push this back and in hopes that they can have a live draft. But I don't see, I don't see how things are going to be any better if they push it back until May or June. Just use technology and just kind of just run with it. You know, it'll just be a one-off and you can always have it in Vegas again maybe next year. It won't have the same, it won't have the same vibe or whatever it is, but, you know, maybe host it, you know, do it at the NFL headquarters in New York, you know, and just kind of, or maybe not New York. New York's probably not the best place mm-hmm. currently with how everything is working right now. But, um, maybe hosted in Atlanta, you know, at a, I know the NFL probably has to have different locations throughout the country. I know everything ain't based in New York. No corporation is just based in one particular location. So maybe somewhere that other disclosed location, they do it and just, just have it whole digital, you know, just like our ESPN right now is just going around contacting different people and talking to them via iPhone or whatever. Same thing, same premise. You know, these draft these guys are being drafted. Know if they're going to be drafted. ESPN could be notified. NFL Network could be notified when these kids are about to get picked. And boom, it could just all of it can happen. It's just a matter of how they're going to plan it and organize it. I mean, to be honest, they do it now at the NFL draft because when they do draft some of these players, the players don't be at the actual NFL draft. They be home with their families and stuff like that. So they could easily do something similar where um, they make the announcement and then they show the reaction of what, you know, at their family's location and everybody cheering and everything like that. Um, and still can hold interviews um, via video conferencing. So, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, right now it's the wave now, of course, with everything that's going on. So it can be, it can be done um, without question, to be honest. It's just... A matter of who's willing to sit down and see you drawn out. <laughs> yeah, and as long as as long as there is the um, national restriction of only having, I guess, no more than fifty or ten people together, or I think it's fifty people together, then uh, you know the likelihood of they're all coming, you know, to Vegas in the same venue is probably not going to happen at this point, unless something changes between now and then. But yeah, like you said, it's going to be digital technology it's going to probably be retro, like how they used to do it, where they just call up the person, hey, you know, you know, we're picking you, the name gets read by Roger Goodell, and then they go on to the next person. Yeah. It could really be done in a full day if they really wanted to. They, they used yeah. to do it. Well, we got all the analysts and, you know, people still got the commercials and everything like that to draw it out. So, but you can't get you you can get a lot done in a day, but you have to tweak the amount of time people got to take. Without question, without question. And and, and the NFL really just gonna have to really cut a loss with this. They're gonna just have to. They can't they can't bank on the advertising dollars and all the stuff that they that they want. You know, they they're gonna be some advertisements, but you know, if you're gonna be using technology, you just gotta just let it let it flow. You know, just don't don't cut a loss. I mean, the NFL is NFL is still gonna eat. So I mean, if you don't make any money with the draft, so be it. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I think from a money standpoint, the draft is the least amount of uh, the least of their worries. It's Not the NFL sure. season itself, which they're probably scared shitless about. So the draft, they're like, whatever. Exactly. As long as people get picked and they can start the OTAs all on time or at least around the same time, it's actual games that they're that they're you know scared about. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So we're going to monitor this closely. And before we kind of wrap things up for this evening, uh, free agency, it's, it's, it's vibrant, it's going on, you know, and everything that's taking place, is there anything that kind of just jumps out at you and you're just like in awe? Um, I, I, I'm sure the Carolina releasing Cam, you know, we kind of talked on this last week because they, they inked uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So it's not like we didn't know that Cam was about to hit the bricks. I'm just surprised that nobody was willing to trade for him. Um, and same thing with Jameis Winston. Uh, do you think – Do you th- well, Stephen A. Smith, again, I, I, folks, I apologize. My basement is my sanctuary where I work. Unfortunately, you know, I have first take playing in the background. I have get up playing in the background. I hear all this stuff when I'm sitting there working. So Stephen A. Smith said this morning that he believes the Carolina Panthers did Cam Newton dirty because they kind of knew that they weren't going to hold on to him. So why did they release him so late where now there's no starting positions really out there? You know, like they could have released him and would Chicago have picked, would Chicago have traded for Nick Foles or uh, – would, would Chicago have traded for, uh, for Foles if they knew that Cam would have been released? Um, would Indianapolis have signed uh, – what's his name? Uh, the old Chargers quarterback. I think of his name right now. Um, you guys draw a blank, Stu? Yeah. We, we get it. Um would that move would have been made if Cam Newton was available? Um, that's just two dominoes. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, yes. Uh, what do you guys just take? Do you think that Carolina was kind of crappy and how they kind of held on to Cam as long as they did? Or should they just release them a long time ago and just let the chips fall where they may? I'm going to – okay, real quick, because um, we did talk about this in a, in, in a sense last week. Um, and I said it before because I just didn't see an actual team that's going to willing to take their chance on Cam Newton. Um, I knew this last week. So, like, even when free agency started, um, even if they would have released them, I still really didn't see a team that would have been a perfect fit. Um, there may be one or two teams out there, but the, the point of the matter is is that – for Stephen A, he may have some merit with that um, because there were some openings out there um, that teams were looking for a quarterback. And unfortunately, like you said, they released him. By that time, um, quarterbacks was getting signed left and right. So it was a missed opportunity there. But I'm going to be honest, I, I don't think that there was like a, a wellness of teams that um, would have looked at Cam even if he was available to begin with. I just really didn't see that being the avenue. Um, I just don't see – I really don't see maybe like one or two teams that's willing to take a flyer on him right now. So um, he may have some point to it, but I don't think it would have helped his chances at, by stretch of imagination. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, it's a business. I mean – and you got to take the personality side of it. I mean, the writing was on the wall with Cam Newton, I think, way before the season even ended. Um, there right. was no commitment to him from management. There really was no serious commitment to him from management going into last season. I mean, um, I mean, but, you know, he came in, he got hurt early. Um, they put in Kyle, Kyle Allen, um, and he played okay for them. Um but once they got rid of Ron Rivera, I mean, you knew he was he was over for him at that particular point in time. 
and he could easily went to the, you know, the Carolina Panthers to be like, look, if you guys are not going to keep me, then let me go early enough so that I can, you know, bid myself on 14. He said, the Carolina Panthers said they allowed him to seek a trade. He said he didn't. Cam, you knew they didn't want you. Ron Rivera was going. Your boy, your coach was going. The one that was probably covering for you for a lot. You got some injury issues, dur- you know, durability issues the last three, you know, three years. I mean, was it kind of found that they waited until maybe all the spots were sticking up? Yeah, because from a bit standpoint, they don't want him to go to a team where, let's say, he does have a you know a good season. Let's say he gets signed with the you know the Chicago Bears. Bears miraculously, you know, he plays well, and the Bears, you know, beat him. So, yeah, it's it's like you said, it's some merit to what Stephen A. is saying, but still, it's a business, and you knew they didn't really want you. And once Ron Rivera was gone, you should have been like, well, I went out the door next, so he can have the opportunity to kind of put himself out there in the market. But I'm still – the only team I could probably see that might take a chance on them, maybe the Chargers, but I'm, I'm not even sure about that. Uh, it's, you know, all the talking heads, the pundits. Um, I think Jacksonville might take a flyer just because, you know, I'm not saying Gardner Minshew isn't a, isn't a NFL starting quality quarterback, but in the same sense, you know, give Cam the opportunity to at least compete and try to see if he can win the job. And then you also, do you think if Cam was available, do you think the the, the Raiders would have went after Mariota? You know, I, I, they probably still would have. The big question that you have to ask Cam, you bring him in the door is, what is your expectations? Are you looking to come in and be a starter or are you comfortable with being a backup or competing? And that's the, that's the main question that you have to ask. Ask Cam. True. Now, question. Yes, I completely agree. True, I agree with that. You know, I mean, does he believe that he's a starting quarterback in this league? For sure. They said that, you know, before he hurt his his shoulder in 2018, statistically through eight games, he was putting up better numbers than the MVP campaign that he had in 2015. I think he was, uh, yard-wise, I think he was well over 21, 2200, 18 touchdowns and two interceptions before he hurt his shoulder and he just wasn't right after that. So if he ever gets back to that, that quality of cam, you know, some team is going to get a steal because obviously he's not going to get paid $19 million a year. He may get that over two years, <laughs> you know, but he's not going to get that in one year. But if he's willing to take a one year prove it type of deal with somebody and come in there and win the job and balls out, you know, now he's giving himself the opportunity to lead another team because, you know, there's always that QB carousel that's going to come come for 2022 season because, well, 2021 season. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just you got to love the NFL for all the drama that it, it kind of brings. <laughs> well, this is going to definitely humble Cam, um, find out what he's really worth. Um, if a team get, takes a fly on him, should be – I mean – It'll give him an opportunity to prove himself. And we'll see how that plays because, you know, the fact that it is, the fact of the matter is that there's, I haven't really heard anything about anybody saying that there's at the least amount of interest to Cam right now. Uh, True. So, I mean, this should be a humbling experience for him and a lesson that he has to learn. Um, this is a business. Like you said, this is an NFL business. And truth of the matter is, is that if no one is calling you, Maybe that's something that you have to look at as far as reflection of yourself. Maybe you're not really the starter that the NFL teams want right now. So maybe you have to humble yourself to be, or at least fight for a position, um, whether it's fighting for a starter position um, or have to play that backup role. But you can't go in there thinking that you're still a starter because if that was the case, that somebody, some team would have picked them up a long time ago or with the quickness. So. Yeah, I mean – I mean, you look at it even with, um, you know, the Redskins. I mean, you know, whether they're going to go with – Ron Rivera could have tried to get the band back, but they went and got Kyle Allen. So, to me, that even puts more sauce that they're going to roll with Dwayne Haskins 
he's probably going to have a short leash and they're going to bring in Kyle Allen. I thought they might have opted to go with, you know, Tua, but once they – I mean, they still – not say they couldn't. I just don't think they are now that they brought in Kyle Allen to kind of be that person behind Haskins just in case he's not ready to go, and that's Ron Rivera's, you know, guy right there. Um, maybe he goes to Pittsburgh, sits behind, you know – Ben Roethlisberger, Nick Chargers, they have an opening right now. They don't have anybody that's really like their number one. Um, they do have a high pick in the draft, so they're probably going to pick their quarterback of the future in this draft. Um, but I don't know. We may not see Cam get picked up unless there's some injuries come training camp and going into preseason. Maybe someone dials up Cam at that particular point, but right now, I don't know. Uh, I I think Cam and San Diego makes sense. I kind of like Jameis in Pittsburgh, actually. Have Jameis sit behind Big Ben for a year and then have him battle it out with uh, or Mason Rudolph after Ben decides he wants to retire in a year or two. I think that would be a perfect landing spot for Jameis because Jameis is still only 27 years old. He's still young, you know, and I don't – I'm not saying Mason Rudolph isn't the answer or isn't the guy in Pittsburgh, but – you know, don't hurt for, for James to sit back and uh, take that spot for for a year or two. But, you know, we can sit here and talk about this crap all damn night. We talk about quarterbacks. So I know we're way past where we need to be as far as, uh, you know, <laughs> quitting time. You know, because uh, it's 10-15. We, uh, it's about time that we, uh, you know, put a pause to this and, Bring it back up, you know, come next Wednesday because I'm sure by that time we'll have some more Cam Newton talk and James Winston talk because I'm sure possibly somebody will sign at least one of them by that time. So amongst other uh, notable standouts that we haven't even talked about, you know, because it's still fresh in the free agency. No need to talk about TV to TV. That's been hashed to death, so we don't need to discuss that. Or do we need to talk about Hopkins? Nope. Oh, yeah. Nah, we don't need to talk about that. Either. <laughs> I, I kind of like talking about how this Cam and Jameis thing is kind of progressing. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, fellas, as we're going to bring this week's episode to a close, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on the gram, Twitter, and Snap, Snapchat, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me bouncing for Club Quarantine with DJ I'm Nice, D Nice on Instagram. But more importantly, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Alquals. Twitter, Instagram, I am Alquals. And you can find me on Twitter as uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. All right. With that being said, fellas, once again, uh, thank everybody out there who's tuning in. You know, and there's not a, a lot of good stuff to, to hear or see on TV. So we appreciate everybody who's tuned in and, you know, giving us a listen and providing us with all the feedback that you provided. So with that being said, until next week, to another episode of Guys Talking Sports, stay safe. And we look forward to coming back to you next week with another episode.